Daniel chapter 2, and we're going to start a new series. Uh, and that series we will uh, be calling Living Life. Living Life. And as we go through life, there are a lot of different uh, areas uh, that we need to work on and uh, to grow in. And so uh, we're going to be looking tonight out of Daniel chapter number 2. Daniel chapter 2. And verse 23 through 30, and for time's sake, I am just going to read it. Uh, we spent a little bit more time praying tonight, and so I'm just going to read the passage and follow along with me, if you would. Daniel chapter 2, verse 23, the Bible says, I thank thee and praise thee, O God of my fathers, who hast given me wisdom and might, and hast made known unto me now what we desired of thee. For thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. Therefore Daniel went in unto Ariok, whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went in and said thus unto him, Destroy not the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king, and I will show unto the king the interpretation. And Ariok brought in Daniel before the king in haste, and said unto him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah that will make known unto the king the interpretation. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Art thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen, and the interpretation thereof? Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king. But there is a God in heaven. I love that little phrase. No matter what's going on in the world around us, but there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. As for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into thy mind upon thy bed, what should come to pass hereafter. And he revealeth secrets, he that revealeth secrets, maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living. But for their sakes that shall make known the interpretation to the king, that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy heart. Daniel was an amazing man. He was, he was somebody that was so mature beyond his years. He was, he was a, a man who, though he was blessed in so many miraculous ways, he was humble. Here, he could have said, yes, I have the answer for the king. But he made sure to convey the fact that it wasn't him. It was God. That he wasn't the one with the wisdom. He wasn't the one that had the knowledge. He wasn't the one with something special about him. Uh, God, God is good to us in spite of us. Amen? What a, what a blessing that God can use people who, are fail, who fail so many times. And over and over again, we have areas in our life where we fail, yet we have a God in heaven who never does, and he allows us to serve him 
and he will partner together with us. Let him, us partner with him. But Daniel was an amazing man in the, in the Bible, and he had a faculty to be able to withstand and weather storms that most people never would be able to, to handle. The pressures that he had experienced, the trials that he went through, the personal injuries to himself, to his family, to his nation, yet he did not allow those to affect him. And one of the phrases that we find out about Daniel was that he had an excellent spirit. An excellent spirit. You know, an excellent spirit isn't something we have because we have no problems. Because Daniel had them. He experienced far more than what we would ever experience, yet he had an excellent spirit. And so tonight we're going to look at some things that uh, were characteristic in Daniel's life that helped him endure those pressures, that helped him endure those trials, that helped him have that, that spirit that we all should strive for. I want to have an excellent spirit. But it, won't, it will not happen on accident. It will be on purpose. And so tonight we're going to look at some, some principles uh, about living life. And uh, tonight we're going to be looking at controlling your spirit. Controlling your spirit. And Father, I do pray that you'd help us. Help us as we open your word. And uh, now in these next few moments, uh, give me your help as I endeavor to help your people. And may we truly have an excellent spirit. May each of us uh, recognize some areas in our life of things that we can do uh, to help our spirit be what you would want it to be. And so I pray that you'd bless now for Christ's sake. Amen. Take your Bible and go with me to Proverbs 25 and 28. Proverbs 25, verse 28. Very important verse. Uh, this verse will help us as we, it will help set a foundation for this thing called our spirit. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 28. And let's read that together. You ready? He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Let's read that again. You ready? He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Now, in Bible days, they would have walls around their cities to protect them. Uh, we don't, we don't, aren't in a society where there are marauding, invading people uh, that are going to come and attack and uh, take over our country. And so we don't end up doing that around our cities. But in Bible days, that was a very real threat. Uh, and so they would build these walls around them to protect the city, the lives, the, the, the uh, possessions that they had. And God says that if we do not rule our own own spirit, uh, he is saying that we have no walls of protection. We are like a city that is broken down and without walls. Uh, we, if we cannot control our own spirit, uh, we are going to be destroyed, is what he is saying. We will look like a devastated city. 
You know what? That's a terrible testimony. The world should not be able to push your buttons. Think, don't, don't get quiet on me. We're just starting. All right. So the reality is the world shouldn't push our buttons. Why? Because we should have control over our own spirit. We should have control over our own spirit. It, we should not be a slave to uh, all of the impulses and all of the, uh, all of the things that are pushed at us uh, through this world. We should not be a slave to whatever stimulus comes our way and just we are just stuck with whatever happens, happens. That should not be the case. We're ambassadors for Christ. And so our life, we should live in such a way that uh, we are representing him and that we are not broken down and we are not without walls and we are not devastated. Uh, we, have, we have a wonderful God. And, and with that, our life should look like it. So that this verse is telling us that we should control our spirit. So let's look at that word spirit. Uh, the word uh, spirit, ruach, and it means wind or breath. Uh, in the Old Testament, that is the word. Uh, in the New Testament, the word for spirit is pneuma. Uh, and so both of them, breath, wind. But both of these are used in reference to the Holy Spirit of God. Our spirit should be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Amen. We... We should have a spirit that is under control, under the control of the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, both of these references are used uh, of the Holy Spirit and also of the Spirit of man. And so uh, we, need to be, we need to be led by the Spirit of God. And if we are led by the Spirit of God, then, then our responses to out, outward stimulus uh, will not destroy our spirit. But, but there is something about the Spirit of man and, and, and our attitudes. And so in the context of Scripture, uh, it is dealing with the affections, the passions uh, of man. And so rule over uh, this wall, this fence, this boundary uh, is something to control, something to curb. And our spirit needs to be curbed. It needs to be protected. It needs to be guarded. Uh, and so without a wall, fence, or boundary, the, it, the individual is vulnerable uh, to be uh, defeated uh, by the devil. Uh, we have an adversary uh, by the enemy. And so, uh, so we have to have control over that. First Peter 5, 8, the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may, what? Devour, broken down. Devour, destroy. Uh, and so here, uh, he, he wants to destroy us. And so uh, seeking whom he devour. And then in verse 9, he tells us, Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So trials, temptations, testings, battles, those are nothing new. We aren't the only one that has faced them. And there are others that are facing things harder than us. And that, 
And when we're in the middle of a battle, I don't want to hear about somebody's harder battle. Because I'm consumed with my battle. But the reality is the Lord reminds us of that so we don't get so self-consumed. And so several things about, uh, about, da- about Daniel. Uh, number one, Daniel had an excellent spirit. Go to Daniel chapter 5. Daniel chapter 5. Daniel had an excellent spirit. Uh, Daniel 5 and verse number 12. Daniel 5, verse number 12. The Bible says, For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts, were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. So in chapter 5, we find that he had this excellent spirit. Uh, Daniel chapter 1 and verse 17, uh, the Bible says, As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Uh, Then in Daniel chapter 6 and verse number 3, the Bible says, then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was found in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. So he had an excellent spirit. Now this term excellent, it means great and honorable. Great and honorable. Now, I'm not talking about us walking around like we are somebody that's better than anybody else because we're not. But do we have an attitude? Do we have a spirit that is representing the position as an ambassador? We are, we are nobody, but who we represent is everybody, everything. And, and it's almost, and, I, and I'm trying to say this carefully because I don't want us to walk around like uh, we're a bunch of arrogant, pompous people. That should not be the case. But at the same time, there should be a spirit about you that is honorable. There should be a spirit about you that that when people are around you, they sense that there's something about you. They shouldn't be around you and just sense defeat. They shouldn't be around you and sense gloom. There's nothing excellent about that. And here is Daniel. He had an excellent spirit. He had an honorable, a great and honorable spirit. Uh, Why was that? Uh, It was because he has excelled. The spirit was a response to what God was doing on the inside. God had given him understanding. God had given him knowledge. He, He was growing. And with that, there was an excellent spirit about him. Uh, He was an honorable person. Why? He was going somewhere. He was doing something. God gave him, he gave him uh, a, a, 
not just a bless, blessings, uh, God gave him an opportunity to represent him well. And so he excelled. His spirit excelled. His spirit excelled. It excelled those that were around him. If everybody's spirit was the exact same, how do you have someone with an excellent spirit? That means that there are different spirits. We're not talking about a good spirit. I'm happy with a good spirit. But that's not my goal. I want to have an excellent spirit. Why? It was, it was a spirit that excelled. Not for us. It wasn't about Daniel. This excellent spirit gave him opportunities to serve the Lord, to have influence, to make a difference. When you don't have an excellent spirit, nobody wants to be around you. Have you, have you been around somebody who had such a caustic spirit you were just, and you had to be around him, you are just on guard? I mean, it just puts everybody on edge. That's not what the Lord wants out of us. He wants us to have an excellent spirit. So Daniel had an excellent spirit. He was, uh, his spirit did not accept the acceptable. He didn't accept the acceptable. That's good enough. Brother Rick, good enough. It'll be all right, good enough. All right, and so uh, he was, uh, he, he was a uh, person, a person uh, who, was, who wanted that excellent spirit. He didn't have that excellent spirit without effort. Somebody takes you, attacks your country, takes you as a slave, takes away your masculinity, makes you a eunuch, and makes you a servant in another country, and then... Have an excellent spirit. That was not an easy position to be in. He had lots of reasons to be antagonistic. He had a lot of reasons to be angry. But he didn't. You know why? Because he believed that God had a plan. God has a plan in our turmoil. God has a plan in our trials. God is a sovereign God. Now, it doesn't mean we have to like it. It doesn't mean that we have to enjoy it. But the reality is, Daniel, he had an excellent spirit. And so uh, he had this excellent spirit. Uh, number two, Daniel had a forgiving spirit. Part of this excellent spirit was a result of having a forgiving spirit. I just mentioned some of that. Uh, Daniel was ripped out of his homeland by force. He was his land was besieged. Uh, his natural state was altered. He was made a eunuch. Uh, his uh, Daniel was forced into slavery. He was given a new diet. He was given a new name. He was given a new future. Yet he had an excellent spirit. You know what it does? This makes all of the things that we whine and complain about seem awful small. 
I didn't get this. I wanted this to happen. Yet, we will allow small, insignificant things to set us off. Parents, be careful. Don't let your kids run negative. Be careful. Because if you let them run negative, it will set a track for their future. It's huge. It's something we all have to fight. But we've got to watch it. We've got to watch it, especially raising our children. Don't allow them to go negative. It will impact their spirit. Be careful who you hang around. You get around somebody that's negative, somebody that's always complaining, watch out. Your spirit's about to change. Your attitude will change. It, it is something that we all have to be on guard about. Uh, so uh, nowhere will you find Daniel being bitter, angry, vengeful, hateful, or deceitful. You won't find it. Now, is he just a better person than us? No, he had the same flesh that you and I have. But there were some decisions that he made. Uh, so why was that? Isaiah 59, 17, for he, he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. Uh, according to their deeds, according he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, to the islands he will repay recompense. You know what? He knew that God was in control and he knew that God was going to be the one that fought his battles for him. That's huge. See, Daniel, he had an excellent spirit, but Daniel had a forgiving spirit. He knew God was in control. He knew God that he would repay. So God, this sovereign God, would fight for him. And he knew that he was a sinner. He knew that he was unjust. He knew that he failed. When we forget that, we are less forgiving with others. When we start to feel like we've got it all squared away, look out. Look out. So he was undeserving, yet God forgave him. And God is merciful. God is loving. God is caring. And God is forgiving. Numbers 14, 19, pardon, I beseech thee of the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of thy mercy. And as thou hast forgiven this, pre, uh, this people from Egypt, even until now. And then over and over again, uh, we see God's forgiveness. 2 Chronicles six twenty five, Daniel 9, uh, verse 19. And so how could Daniel not forgive those that he was serving when God had to forgive him. So we need to forgive. So Daniel, number one, had an excellent spirit. Daniel had a forgiving spirit. Thirdly, he had a humble spirit. He had a humble spirit. Part of having an excellent spirit is having a humble spirit. Now, having a humble spirit doesn't mean that you walk around like, 
uh, bashful and embarrassed and hiding from everything. Uh, having a humble spirit is just realizing that anything good about us is gone. And the blessings. But Daniel had a humble spirit. Daniel 1.8. Go back to Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. And I'm going to hasten through some verses here uh, for time's sake. Daniel 1.8. Bible says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Notice here, he humbly asked. He requested. He was, he was showing humility uh, as he was following. And so uh, he, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs. Verse number 12, it says, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Now, I don't know about you, but if I would have been in Daniel's spot, and there was lobster, and there was shrimp, and there was uh, bacon, uh, I don't know that I'm worrying about any other diet. I think I'm just eating it all up. Uh, and he chose to eat pea soup. How many of you like split pea soup? Wow. Be you warmed and filled. Okay. How many of those same like liver? Uh, all right. I knew there was some, something wrong with a few of you. <laughs> but he chose pulse and water. Wow. He was, he was humble. He humbled himself to those that were in authority over him. He humbled himself to the laws of God, even though he didn't like them or could could have disliked them. Chapter 2 and verse 30, it says, But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living. He was just a humble person. And a humble spirit helps to have that forgiving spirit, which helps to have that excellent spirit. In life, we have to determine what kind of spirit we want to have. Let's determine to have an excellent spirit. That means we've got to let, let some things go. Bitter people don't have an excellent spirit. They don't. People that are always on the edge of being offended, they don't have an excellent spirit. You know what will help us succeed? Daniel was a successful person, but his spirit made a difference. And we want, we want the blessings, but it's going to take some work on our side. And let's choose to have an excellent spirit. Mom's dad, choose to have an excellent spirit so your kids have something to model. Follow. Let's set, set that bar. Work at it. 
Let's all have that excellent spirit. So in living life, our influence on other people will have a lot to do with our spirit, our attitude. And an excellent spirit goes a long way. People who have an excellent spirit have a lot more opportunities. People with opportunities are able to accomplish more. Not just for themselves, though that happens as well, but opportunities for the Lord. I, I'm enjoy, I enjoy the blessings God has given me just in this life. but I also enjoy the opportunities he gives me to serve him. And I think as we work on our spirit, it will also give us an ability to impact other people. People want to be around somebody that has an excellent spirit. And with that, you have more entrance into their life to share God's, God's goodness. Share the, share the gospel. And so let's have an excellent spirit. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for all that you have done for us. Thank you for the blessings that we get to enjoy as your children. Uh, but now, Lord, I do pray that you would help all of us as we look into your word. Help us to have that excellent spirit. Daniel, he had that even in spite of all the burdens and struggles uh, that he faced. And so help us as we go through uh, this life and the, the pressures and problems that we endure, I pray that you would help us uh, to develop this attitude, this excellent spirit, and help us to, to use that for your honor, for your glory, to represent you well. And so bless now our people. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You say, Pastor, the Lord put his finger on something in my life. Uh, and uh, there's something I'm going to uh, work on this week. Uh, Lord, put his finger on something, and that's you tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Just slip your hand up. Amen. And Father, you see the hands, and I pray that you'd help us as we endeavor to serve you. Uh, help us in this area of our spirit. Uh, give us opportunities to represent you and help us to do it well. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. All right. God bless you. Have a great evening.